Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. There's been boom, boom, but not boom, boom. <laughs> Dear Shandy. Welcome back to another Dear Shandy Bachelor in Paradise recap listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Doing dandy. Oh, dandy. Yes. Dandy Andy. Nice. <laughs> you seem in good spirits today. People find it amusing how I say this stuff as though we don't live in the same house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you do seem in good Yeah, spirits. we haven't seen each other in a while, so. <laughs> Not since the last recap. Yeah, that's it. Housekeeping before we get to recapping today. The only thing I can think of is that the next recap and every recap for the rest of this Paradise season will be in Colorado. Yeah. So just FYI. Mile high city. Okay, so overall thoughts on episodes four and five before we get recapping. There's a lot to cover today. I'd have a score of a hundred. Yeah. I gave episodes two and three a like a fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> and I give four and five a fifteen. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna give it a slightly higher score than that, just in that I actually was entertained a tiny bit. I laughed twice. Oh yeah. It's a big improvement. So I feel like that deserves like twenty two. Okay. I respect that. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh. <laughs> I'll give it an 18. Okay. I think that covers our overall thoughts. Yeah. Let's get going. So episode four picks up with very tense music. Serene says she's about to cry because of Teddy's departure, her Irish exit. Mm -hmm. And we see Rodney walking around to the tune of a majorly Frankenbitten. I would love to mm, go on a date mm, with her tonight. So they are, you know, recapping what happened last week. And Serene and Jill and Justin break the news to Rodney. He seems distraught by this yeah, and sits down with Brandon who tells Rodney that there are other cool girls on the beach pretty much. He's like, Jill is dope. Yeah. Victoria's dope. dope. Totally dope. He tells Rodney that he's the hottest commodity to hit that sand. Yeah. We're really being told just how hot. Yeah. Reminded. Com- yeah. They really want us to think Rodney is a really hot commodity. Yeah. I think he's a, at the very least a lukewarm commodity. <laughs> I think Rodney's main appeal, and look, Rodney is very sweet. We said last week that, you know, when we met him, he was everything you would hope he would be. Yeah, very Rodney. I feel like in this environment, because it is such a downer season, just having some positivity to you can go a really long way. Yeah, and And, uh, Rodney lacks no positivity. So right off the bat, we get our first word watch with Brandon saying to Rodney. You know, everyone's vibing out still. It's still early. Andy, you weren't sure what this meant. Yeah, I don't get it. Are we vibing? I feel like you and I are always vibing, but sometimes better than other times. Okay, so the latest one that I don't understand is slaps. Oh, I don't even, I've never heard that before. This was a recent thing. Oh, something slaps? Yeah, it's like, oh, when you add, you know, like this dish really slaps. Meaning like it's good. I think so, but I don't know why people can't just say it's really good. I'm not into slaps. I hope that doesn't catch on. (laughs) Okay, Rodney decides to give up the date to hang out with the group and just chat and get to know everyone. I think this is the right call. He didn't want to make anyone feel like his second choice. 
And the gist now is that Jill is into Rodney. She laughs a lot in his presence. But meanwhile, we see that Lace has her eye on Rodney. She says that he has lit up the beach. She makes some moves on him at the bar, and now they chat. She asks Rodney what his type is. He says his resume would indicate that she is his type. There's a lot of lighthearted chatting here, and then they stroll off into the distance and make out. Meanwhile, Jill and Co. see it all happening, and Jill is bummed. And meanwhile, Andy, you were confused why sometimes Lace's butt was black boxed and other times it wasn't. Yeah, I don't understand the black boxing. He's like, is there some guru who they hire to do black, who knows how to do this? Yeah. Like when it's good and when it's not like, is he some guy like he lives like in the, in, in a cabin somewhere and like the producers just go and they're like, they're like his name is Blambo. <laughs> oh my God. Like Blambo, we need you. And he opens the door of the shack. Yeah. You know? you uh-huh. this no, like, this is like, a, yeah, it's like yeah, an action he's, he's movie. He's like trip. all like, he's got a big beard. Yeah, and he's like, I've quit my black boxing yeah, days. No, he's like, he's like, I don't, I don't do that anymore. That's the old me. I don't black box anymore. Now I just, I live in a cabin yeah. and I hunt for my food. Yeah. And I'm like, but, but Blambo, we need you. We need you. Think about the children. Yeah. He like, turns around and he's like, Oh, the children. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll black box. <laughs> That's what happened. What's funny is that in one scene, like she'll be wearing the exact same swimsuit, it's black boxed, and then the next it's not black boxed. Blambo's doing a shoddy job. Yeah, well, no, that's what I'm saying. I think Blambo actually knows what he's doing because I think there's like some algorithm. It's like so subtle that even most humans can't It's like down to the it. millimeter of coverage. Yeah, but yeah. Blambo's like, no, this is, they're like, you sure? We don't notice any difference. He's like, trust me, I'm Blambo. I know my cheek coverage. Yeah. So the gist around the beach is that it's a confusing pairing between Lace and Rodney, but we didn't actually find it that weird. No. Like it's unexpected, yeah. but seeing them together, it kind of worked. Yeah, it does work. Yeah. Ashley and Jared now, we're back to them. We hear about how they haven't had alone time in forever. This is a chance for them to reconnect, but there are bugs in their room, yada, yada, yada. And thus begins a two episode long arc. Mm. This is the one story that it would seem the powers that be are really interested in telling because it has an actual beginning and ending arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wells tells the story of the saga of Jared and Ashley now. And we found this really painful. And we want to get out of the way that we really like Ashley and Jared. And us finding this painful is not a reflection on them, but just on the fact that this is just such recycled content. Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think it's disrespectful to Aaron and Josh. Josh. <laughs> Aaron and Jashley. That's what I'm going to call them. I really like Aaron. That's great. (laughs) But anyway, my point is when we got to know them in our love fest, I got to say they're cool as shit. Yeah. I I think they're fantastic. Like Jared is so much funnier, more interesting and funny than he is on TV. And I think he's just put into a box where he has to be a certain way, but he's hilarious Mm -hmm. and super interesting and she's great and they're forcing them to be this dumb joke it's like oh the married couple Mm -hmm. oh this is what it's like to be married it's like you know the no sex the farting that's not what they should do no that's not how they should be used i think they're above this but at the same time i guess everyone's winning it's like i'm sure they got paid for this i I, they got paid no matter what happened if they just wheeled them out with like you know like clown outfits on they would have still done the right thing. it's honestly it feels like one step away from that from it being like a float it's like the jared and ashley float where they're like like doing this and it's like once again one of our success stories oh it totally is that that's exactly that's a perfect analogy it's the float in the parade yeah 
Yeah, thanks. of like the TV show. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Am I getting an yeah, analogy just, stamp of absolutely. approval? So back on the beach, we're told that Justin and Logan are moping around waiting for the return of Genevieve and Shanae. Oh, and by the way, it's Justin's birthday. A lot uh, of birthdays. Yeah. And everyone seems to have the same cake. Uh, yeah, they have a standard <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise cake. Yeah. yeah, there's like one bakery in town. <laughs> the ladies return and tell them about the date activities, and Genevieve promptly finds Justin to go talk. He asks how the date was, and she says it was good. Aaron's not as bro-y as she thought. Mm. And the main thing is she felt wanted and special, which she hasn't felt from him. She's very direct here. Yeah. We see, meanwhile, the police department, or two-thirds of the police department, watching from afar. And Genevieve now starts describing the ways in which Justin has not made her feel desired. For example, how they could sit near each other and only kiss once. <laughs> and he says, so we're counting kisses now? And she loses her shit at this, which I'm kind of torn between this, like whose side to be on, because I agree with her that that's not the point. No. But I also feel like she's just going about this all wrong. No. Like, as you often say, love me, never really works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Justin says what he wants is to get back to how they were on night one. Apparently, it was really magical on night one. I don't remember it being super magical. They cut that. It wasn't important. (laughs) (laughs) Good storytelling. He says, well, you can give me a hug on my birthday. And she begrudgingly hugs him. Genevieve says she's sorry this is happening on Justin's birthday. He asks, you're not going to kiss me on my birthday? And she says... Did you kiss me on my birthday? And then he says yes. And then this sort of morphs into a surprisingly hot kiss that we oh, were yeah. kind of confused by. Yeah. This the- was the hottest moment I've seen on Bachelor in Paradise maybe ever. <laughs> I got a little heated. Yeah, it was filled with this tension and it was sort of like yeah. like they didn't like each other, but they were really just it was like it felt very animalistic and yeah. not forced. It felt like they just truly couldn't resist kissing each and other. And there's part of it I just can't put my finger on. Like things that are magnificent <laughs> are never things you can fully describe in words. You yeah. just have to experience them. And I'm telling you, that was a hot kiss. It was. And I think we've each had a version of that kiss in our yeah. lives and it is hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so it would seem that this hate kiss that has happened in episode four is the one time we're like, oh, shouldn't have even Justin. We can kind of see it. (laughs) Aaron in his ITM, of course, says he's lost trust in her. He would never do that to her. He wants to, quote, curl over and die. He says it feels like last year is happening all over again. And then we hear Aaron say, why does this always happen to me? And Andy, you said, because you're always on Bachelor in Paradise. I will say to Aaron's credit. And Aaron actually gets a lot of credit in this recap. So if you're not an Aaron fan, I would maybe brace yourself. <laughs> That's not to say that we're Aaron fans either. I just think we're fair. Yes. Fair. And objective. Correct. And Aaron, to his credit, has never done this to anyone. He's never hooked up with one person and then gone and made out with someone else on a daybed that was visible to the person he was just with. That's true. From what I remember, anyway. Uh, I don't recall either. Genevieve seems upset now, and she says in her ITM she's so confused. Genevieve visits Aaron now, but he's showering, so she says, no rush, she'll wait. Mm. And Aaron has James fetch the good-smelling body wash Mm, for him mm -hmm. that he has packed. Yeah. And Andy, you said, James should just get in the shower with him and get it over with. (laughs) 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 Oh, the police department. They're just really the gift that keeps on giving. They do, they do. Genevieve waits on the steps, and in her ITM, she basically says she feels really bad. She really likes Aaron. She could see it going somewhere. And finally, Aaron arrives, and they talk. She immediately says she's really sorry. She wasn't expecting the conversation with with 
Justin to go in that direction. He says he saw them kissing and the only thing he has an issue with is if this could have hurt him, why would she do it? Mm. He says his feelings are hurt. It caught him off guard. She says she feels terrible. It caught her off guard. A lot of being caught off guard here. He has PTSD with that day bed. And she explains the birthday kiss line. He says, that's weird. It sounds manipulative. And we were like, "Eh, it was hot. (laughs) She starts to cry and says she feels really bad. He says, don't be stressed out. He really likes her. He doesn't think she'd do that if there wasn't something behind it. Mm -hmm. He feels mad chemistry with her and he wants her to go to bed worry free. And the music is all sweet now. And it's clear, I wrote, that Aaron has rebranded himself a romantic lead. Yeah. And here's the thing. Do I think it's not studied? Not necessarily. I think Aaron wanted to redo a few things. I think he's aware. Yeah. I don't think that this is just him necessarily. Yeah. But he's like, okay, I am a bro, but I, I want to, you know, no, change a few things. He's polishing his image a little bit. Yeah. And he's a classic case of someone using paradise to his advantage and that he, he's clearly a friend of producers. I think the formula, if I were to give advice to someone going into this franchise, is be a villain on Bachelor or Bachelorette, mm. and then be a good guy or girl on Bachelor in Paradise. Like Shanae. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or Thomas. Aaron. What you don't want to do is be a Brandon or Piper. Think like of uh, all yeah. the people who became villains on Paradise didn't end well. Mm-hmm. They all, all went to the, the graveyard of Bachelor in Paradise. Actually, you're making a good point because... As a villain on your main season, you can get a ton of airtime. Yes. Which is harder to get as a front runner than as a villain. And you're right. And then you get your redemptive story. Yeah. Okay. Look at you. You have it all figured out. Thank you. So they basically make up. There's a peck. Genevieve in her ITM says she's pleasantly surprised with how it went. The gist is they're both excited and want to see where this goes. And Andy, you said to me, I feel mad chemistry with you. (laughs) Are we going to adopt that, Andy? No. The next day, Ashley and Jared discuss how seriously the contestants are all taking everything and they kind of want to tell them to just chill out. (laughs) I did appreciate this. And now they morph into the narrators explaining who the couples are. And Genevieve comes in, by the way, looking very cute Mm -hmm. in her blue and white bikini. She sidles up next to Aaron and they're all coupley. And there's a fantastic shot of Justin in the background eating and glaring and rolling his eyes with his with his face expressions. He's just so expressive. Justin says he wants to talk to her and get back on a clean slate. So Genevieve and Justin now, she apologizes for leading him on with that birthday kiss. He says he's still interested in her. He has tried to be upfront and honest with her and he's insulted by how she openly made out with Aaron in front of him. She brings it back to feeling pursued, wanted. And she brings up Sally now and he's like, oh my God. (laughs) He shuts this down. She brings it down to affection. She has told him she needs affection. She says, quote, I'm sorry, I have high expectations that you're not able to meet. He calls her disrespectful and she leaves. And now as Genevieve and Aaron kiss more, we hear Justin say he's not the type to chase after a rose. Can I just say these two, like, have you ever seen so much work go into something that is clearly not worth it? There's no cake. It's just work. They made batter, they made <laughs> frosting, they have sprinkles, yeah, they but have no, the mousse. 
layer? Is that what you put in a cake? Yeah, sometimes. A I don't like you don't the mousse. Like mousse. Yeah, I think mousse takes yeah. away from it. But anyway, cake. the point is it's just cover. It's everywhere. Yeah. Everyone put in the, the work. Mess. And there's no cake. Yeah, well, I don't even No think... one put it into cake form. I feel like that's not even a great example because at least when you're making a cake, the frosting tastes good. You can eat cake batter. Like there's a plenty of good, delicious things you can eat without actually assembling a formal baked cake. So basically cake. they had flour, eggs, like raw eggs. No, I think it would be better to use an example of something that tastes not good as it's being prepared, but then when it's prepared, it's really good. Eggplant. Eggplant's not that good when it's prepared either. What? You got to do so much stuff to it. Oh, eggplant. No one likes so just regular, like, cooked eggplant. Yes. No yeah. one does. Ugh. You do? Just cook, uh, non, un, lightly seasoned cooked eggplant? How, it depends how it's prepared. Oh, my God. I thought of one. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> oh, God. That's a great one. Yeah, because Brussels sprouts are gross unless they're fried. Can I be honest with you? I've decided that Brussels sprouts are never good. I, I go back to no. my childhood. No. I, I was right. It's one thing I was right about as a kid. Brussels sprouts, not good. No, you're You wrong. know why they're good? If you soak anything in enough oil and bacon bits and and, and like balsamic and God <laughs> and knows what else, it's going to be shallots. pretty good. <laughs> caramelized shallots. Yeah, you're not eating a Brussels sprout anymore. Yeah. You think of Brussels sprouts as the stuff that's around the Brussels sprout. The mm. actual Brussels sprout is crap. Oh, no, I love a fried Brussels sprout. I don't care what you say. But so are we saying that Genevieve and Justin are Brussels sprouts, like you're trying to prepare it and it just never a, gets to the point where it's It's dry. a steamed Brussels sprout. Oh. That you're about to, like, first you steam it and then you prepare the, the toppings. It's just steamed Brussels sprout. It's the worst. Thank and you. And you know what? Things that are just on their own and are terrible are things that aren't good. <laughs> Is that the lesson of the day? Yes, I think Socrates said that. <laughs> but I'm serious. A Brussels sprout steamed should taste, like, not terrible. mm Think like most other vegetables, things. yeah. Steamed spinach, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Steamed broccoli, fine. Yeah, no, you're I'm, right. You know, and I'm not thinking of money vegetables. I'm thinking of the vegetables that kids don't want. This isn't eat. even a great example though, because Brussels sprouts, like to steam Brussels sprouts, isn't that much work. It's like it needs to be something that's a lot of work. Right, a cake. Back okay, to <laughs> we're back to where we started. Yeah. This is why you don't mess with my analogies. This is what happens. Okay, maybe the Shandies will tune in with what the perfect food preparation analogy is for Genevieve and Justin and how much work it is to go into a relationship that clearly isn't worth it. Eggplant was also a good example, but got shut down. Genevieve and Shanae vent to each other now, and Shanae says she's in a similar boat to Genevieve in that James is all in on her, and that feels good. It feels good to be wanted, and she needs reassurance, and she gets that from James, but not <sighs> Logan. And Andy, you groaned here. You know, it's like, it's like I'm going to make the analogy of a used car salesman. Okay. You go to a used car dealership. And the guy's like, you know, oh, I got this. I, I look at you, you look beautiful today. Can I get you some coffee? Want some cake? You a know. red car to go with your red dress. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can imagine you driving this car. And then you like get the car, and you know, you're like, oh my god, this guy at the dealership was so wonderful. He just gave me so much reassurance. So it's so nice. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, the car broke down five minutes out of the dealership. Yeah. But this guy, so much reassurance. Mm. No, it's not the used car salesman that you should be interested in. It's the car. Is that car good? Mm. Does it have a good engine? Yeah. Does it drive well? Is it nice? Is it comfortable? <laughs> that's what you want. I mean, that's a great, another great analogy, Andy. That was good dating advice. Yeah. It's for all things. But, you should but, write a book. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to say, as a fellow words of affirmation person... Like I've dated guys who did not give me that kind of like affection, the validation. And I know that it's, it's a problem. 
Like if you need it, you don't even want to have to ask for it. That's right. why it's sort of already over with these relationships with Justin and Logan, even though we'll get to Logan later. Like, I just think that you shouldn't have to ask that. That's what I feel I've learned. Like now yeah. that I'm in my thirties, I, I wish I could tell my 20 something self that right. lesson. Yeah. Don't ask if you need yeah. to ask, there's a problem or maybe you're asking too much yeah. and you're not looking at the goods. You're not looking at the car. Shanae and Logan finally talk. She asks why he's making no effort. She gives him a lot of effort, and he doesn't do that for her. He says, well, I don't know how your date went. She says she wants him to be assertive. He says she went on a date, and they're her options to weigh. Oof, I wrote way wrong. Oof. W-A-Y? Yeah, I mean, when I'm writing this, it's like, and I'm just, I saw that, and I'm like, she says it's a two-way street. Did he, like, miss her or anything? And he says, what is he supposed to think after she went out with someone else and said it was great? And she says they're going around in circles, and she leaves, and we see Logan having a little remorse. He seems to really process it. He actually, this conversation goes a lot more productively than Genevieve's with Justin. Mm -hmm. He's pretty much like, oh, so we're counting kisses now? Another mature episode with Logan. Ah, I love how we always turn any Logan scene into a chance for an I told you so for us. <laughs> Jill finds a date card now and it is for Ashley and Jared. And Casey in his ITM says the only people who do not need a date. <laughs> and James in his ITM, meanwhile, says that they deserve it. They're in love. They have what they're all there for. I just thought the contrast of these two ITMs was really interesting Mm -hmm. james is also going in like aaron he's rebranding himself oh yeah as like a good sincere guy and i don't know casey really was on the up and up for me in these two episodes i Uh love how he was like the married couple like why are they getting a date yeah he was saying all the right things he was it was true and look i have no issue with ashley and jared going on a date but i don't see why it needed to arrive like a date card for contestants yeah that's just torture Ashley and Jared now go on this date. They walk on the beach and there's lots of reminiscing because, of course, it happens to be the beach that they had their first date on. They kiss a lot and go jet skiing. And Andy, you said, why is this happening? There's a lot of debate over Ashley's peeing in the ocean technique. Mm. I mean, to put this to rest, Jared's right. You should wade (laughs) out and pee, but we don't have to talk about it. (laughs) They toast and drink champagne and Andy here you said is this making them money and you meant the show not the couple you said I'm not going to judge a trashy reality show on what they do to make money but is this money content yeah I understand that Jared and Ashley are very popular as they should be Mm -hmm. they're great but is this usage of them getting like eyeballs is that is that a good use of them and did they think this through (laughs) From a, a money perspective. You, and you're talking about the powers that be. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything's money. Every, they want to make money. They're in the, this is show business. Yeah. It's not show show. Yes. So the business of this show said, this is going to make us more money. And I disagree. Okay. So I feel like it probably made them more money just in the fact that they probably, when they first filmed this show, I wonder if they knew that it would be back to back episodes, like mm. 11 episodes total. You know, back in the early Paradise days, it was like seven, eight episodes a season. And now we have these four hour weeks where they, it just feels like they, they're like grasping at straws and what to do to right, fill it. Right. And it felt like they were like, oh, well, actually, so that doesn't make sense. They probably knew about all the hours because they did have yeah, them fly <laughs> in to be on the show. Yeah, it suddenly caught them by surprise. Wow, we have so many hours. What are we going to do with this? Yeah, it feels like they were just trying to fill the hours. And so yeah. they, they brought them in because they're kind of a sure thing. Like Ashley and Jared deliver 
content. Right. Like they do, you know, Ashley gives great face expressions. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah, give yeah. good no commentary. Question. They're not afraid to poke fun at themselves and, and just be jokesters in general. But I felt like the Ashley Jared thing could have been an in passing, like they showed up once, talked to people and then had like a nice romantic date yeah. where like pretty much the conversation they have here about how they've changed in the last seven years. She says he's really coming to his own. He's more confident. He credits her with that. And then they laugh, cry. They talk about parenthood, how much they love their baby. Like this was really quite touching. Yeah. And I feel like this could have been done in one scene in one episode. Yeah. And I would have been just as if not more moved, but instead because of all like this like ongoing saga about them in the boom boom room and them debating little things and yeah, how yeah, much yeah. sex they're having and having private time and it just it was overexposure yes yeah. it was they didn't leave you wanting more which is doesn't do them justice because they're good tv i agree i honestly felt like it was a, a plug for their upcoming reality tv show or audrey's coffee lounge Oh, yeah. There wasn't enough talk about the lounge. I still don't know where to get that coffee. Okay, so back at the beach, Sierra, Victoria, and Lace talk. And Victoria tells Sierra that she's definitely going to wind up engaged at the end of this. <laughs> Normal thing to say. My favorite part That's is... I go any party I go. I'm like, hey, guys, great to see you. I'm definitely going to get engaged by the end of this party. No question. Sierra says she couldn't possibly accept an engagement without Michael's son being a part of all that, but she knows that she would be, quote, a bomb-ass stepmom. Sierra and Michael now talk, and the gist is that they're good. This is real, yada yada. And Andy, you said, where's Brittany? <laughs> Aaron finds a date card and says, and that's facts, Andy. Mm. We all know how you feel about catchphrases. Mm. The date card is for Brandon. And he immediately asks Serene and then they walk off hand in hand with a black box following her. And Michael and Wells chat now. Michael reveals he's conflicted. And Andy, you were very excited by this. You're like, I knew it. <laughs> You're supposed to be rooting for love stories, Andy. Look, I saw it coming from a mile away, but 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 I'm sure everyone else did, too. I mean, I feel like I was like buying what I was being sold with the two of them, but I also wanted to believe it. Yeah. But I will admit I don't know if I if I really saw it like going the distance, but no. it's like they seem to have nice conversations and stuff. They had good chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought the build up to the kiss was good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all fine. Whatever. <laughs> Total bullshit. Michael says things are starting to get really serious this early on, and Sierra's been saying things like, quote, I'd make a great stepmom. Michael says to Wells, but I don't know how to love someone again. The gist is Michael needs more time to figure this out. And so now it's the evening. Brandon's ready for his date. And we hear people saying he really deserves this. And Andy, you said, so the couple that met before coming there deserves it. <laughs> Sierra emerges looking beautiful mm -hmm. in a red cocktail dress. Yeah. And she's such a vision that Brandon starts to cry. And in general, mm. they're all lovey-dovey. I will say Wait, that... did you just say Sierra? You said Sierra. Oh, I wrote Sierra. Well, yeah. Thank you. Good catch. Thank you. I'm listening. <laughs> Did you get that out? I swallowed it. Ew. It wasn't the kind that would be ill to swallow. It was a thin, like I could, I know what color it was. It wasn't, it, it was wasn't clear. gross. It was clear and okay. fine. All right. Not like, worth no, getting up. Trust me. I know when to get up and it's spit it out. It's not worth exerting. I had a couple of those this morning. Brandon and Serena on their date now. They marvel at how beautiful the dinner is. The dinner in water scene. Yeah, what's with the dinner in water? Is that a good thing? I feel like after that dinner, your feet would be so pruned. <laughs> 
I wonder what it would be like to have the food and drink arrive. Like I would feel annoying asking for things like another glass of wine. Or, yeah, and every time you have to get up to go to the bathroom, salt? it's like you're sloshing <laughs> through the water to get to the. I don't like this. And as they toast, Andy, you said, now let's kill some fireflies. <laughs> <laughs> he calls her the biggest and most beautiful blessing and that he doesn't know what she, he would do without her. He's crazy about her. She sighs and says, wow. She says it's so easy, special. He's gone out of his way. When he grabs himself lunch, he gets her lunch too. That's nice. That is nice. Yeah. He says he's falling in love with her. He's happy his life has led him to her. She says she's falling in love with him too. She's never felt so special in her life. He says that he's all hers. They make out. And Andy, you and I agree that they are made for each other. They sure are. I really can totally see this lasting. I stand it. You, you stand it. Back at the beach, Michael and Sierra head to a day bed where they stargaze, something that she had planned. Mm-hmm. She says she knows how he struggles with not wanting to forget his memories with Laura. So she happened to have purchased him three stars. Yeah, that's a big gift. In his, Laura's, and James' names. Mm -hmm. James's names. James's is his name. James's names. And he's super touched by this. I got to say, though, this is a really sweet gift, but I find it so funny that humans do this. Yeah. (laughs) Those stars are mine. (laughs) I claim that star. It's Money so can buy that star. Yeah, that's a giant, like, million-mile-wide ball of, like, nuclear fusion. Yeah. But I now own it. Who has the For right? For 50 bucks. Who has the right to sell that star? Who's the, who is the person making money on selling people's stars to use as gifts? It's quite amazing. It's a great idea. That person is very smart and very scummy. <laughs> Michael says her energy is infectious and he's been enjoying his time with her. But at the same time, quote, some things take time. He says there's something missing with them and he knows she can feel him holding back. And she sort of nods understandingly here. Michael says, quote, I'm trying to find a way back to happiness. And the thing that scares me most is I'm using people that I actually care about to help me get there. And I'm hurting them along the way. And it's messing with me. I care so much about you. I don't want you to be one of those. Michael says he needs space from the romantic pressure he just wants to be friends he doesn't want to hurt her she says okay they walk back to the crowd and sierra fills everyone in and says goodbye Hmm. michael runs to the entrance to catch her before she leaves she's got her suitcases they hug goodbye and in her voiceover sierra says when you care about someone you respect their needs she takes this unbelievably well and in her itm she says i also don't want to see him dating other people so i'd rather go home okay we have to talk about this for a second because Why is Sierra the one leaving? Yeah. In my opinion, based on how that conversation went down, he was pretty much saying, I am still trying to find my way back to a point where I can be in love with someone. This is an interesting point you make. And I don't want to shit on Michael, but he should be the one leaving because he clearly is not ready for a relationship. So what is he there for? To narrate? Yeah, but- Casey's got that job. (laughs) Here's the thing. I feel like if Michael just didn't see it with Sierra, he should have said that instead of making it sound like he just wasn't ready to get, you know, he didn't want to use people on the way to his healing. So in, in my opinion, just based on why they broke up, Michael should have been the one to leave. And that's not to say I don't want to watch Michael on this, my screen. I just think fair is fair. Why is Sierra the I, one leaving? She's the one that's ready for a relationship. I mean, Sierra is a class act. She wanted to leave and, you know, that's her decision. Yeah. And look, I've never been through what Michael's been through. I hope I'm never through that. But I don't think that if he met the person of his dreams, he would use that excuse. Mm. He would just be like, I'm into this. This is great. I'm happy. But what Michael said to her 
doesn't line up with him being the one staying. Yes, exactly. In my opinion, in our opinion. Shandy's opinion. <laughs> Back at the beach now, everyone speculates over what this all means. One less woman means one less rose. It's like an Irish drinking song. (laughs) One less woman on the beach means one less rose for the men. (laughs) Two less women on the beach. Two fewer women. (laughs) Oh, shit. Means two fewer men for the rose. Three less women on the beach. Means three fewer roses for the men. Gotcha. Four fewer roses on the beach. Is that the song? Okay, so while I commend your on-the-spot composition, Andy, I feel like you need a little more meat in that song. Oh, yeah. It needs it's to go like, to the woodshed. You know, like five little monkeys jumping on the bed. One fell off and, the, and bumped his head. Called the doctor and the doctor said, no more monkeys jumping on the bed. Four little monkeys jumping on the bed, and then it goes down to three, two, one. Right. You like need a little more, like what, like something in there. Oh, I, 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 I <laughs> it can't just be no like no one agrees one. more than I do. <laughs> I'm doing what I can here. Okay, Ashley and Jared return from the date. They are determined to have sex in paradise, and they reveal that they did have sex on their wedding night. They're all proud of themselves. Yeah. So Jared sets up the boom, boom room with candles and rose petals. And then when Ashley turns in for the night, turns in? Turns in, yeah. Yeah? Did I say yeah, that Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. God, there's so many little colloquialisms turns in Turns in makes no sense. Like yeah. if you're from another country, they're like, oh yeah, turns in for the night means you're going to sleep. They're like, okay, that makes no sense. I'll say it, but there's no basis in logic for that. Yeah. I, even as it came out of my mouth, I was like, that sounds wrong. Yeah. Makes no sense. Okay. But it's okay. So Ashley turns in. Yeah. Is for the night redundant then? No, I think it turns in for the night is the whole thing. Okay. It's a, a lot of wasted time okay. to say she's going to sleep. <laughs> okay. So Ashley turns in for the night. And we had to point out that the bed where Jared is now snoring has no rose petals and we don't see any candles yeah, There's a lack of continuity yes. here that I demand in my bachelor in paradise. <laughs> In the credits now, Shanae and Genevieve are laughing about their past feud. They're basically friends now, and they hug it out. And I wrote, once again, bad storytelling. This conclusion should have been in the credits of last week's episode. Agreed. So when they had all the hype about their feud, then the credits roll around with their friendship at the end. Right. I don't, this, it sure drives me crazy. Yeah. It's like storytelling 101, friendship. arcs, lots of little arcs. Yeah. I agree. I agree. They put all their arc effort towards Ashley and Jared. Yeah, there was a stiff arc there. It had to do with basically just farting. <laughs> so now it's episode five. The episode picks up with the guys seeming nervous about how few women there are. And Michael's basically like, I'm seeing this thing through. So that's his explanation for why he's still there. Seeing it through. Yeah, he's seeing it through. Seeing what through? Yeah, I'm wondering, like, what if Sierra hadn't left? Like, he's lucky she left because now he can sort of Look, date. am I to fault Michael for wanting more TV time? I'm not going to fault him. But I don't even feel like that's what Michael wants. Like, I don't, I wonder if he was convinced to stay. Oh, that's very possible. It's actually super possible. I can really Look, picture I think the, Michael's a solid guy. I yeah, think whatever yeah. he does is based on some decent human decision. Absolutely. Yeah, so the producer's like, please, Michael, just stick around. This, this two scenarios, and both are totally reasonable. One is he's like, you know what? 
TV is good. <laughs> it's a good thing. I don't picture him caring that I, much. I don't. I, yeah, that's the forty percent of the sixty forty, and I think sixty percent producers like Michael. You got it. You please, my brother. Please, stay. please stick around, please. And he's like, ah, all right, fine. Going into the season, I thought this would be Michael's arc. Speaking of arcs, towards becoming Bachelor. But him ending things with Sierra for the reasons he did makes me think that he can't become Bachelor down the road. There's got to be a reason. Like, Michael was such an obvious pick for Bachelor. There's got to be a reason from Michael why he's not Bachelor. And I think it's because he's not ready for a relationship, which I believe. Yeah. I think he's a sincere guy. I believe him when he says that. Yes. But that begs the question. Why is he still there? Is he here for narration? (laughs) Because if he is, he's taking Casey's job. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Stealing my jobs. Justin says, I need an angel to drop down from the paradise heavens. And Andy, you said, what about Brittany? We learn. What about Brittany? We learn about, we learn what about Brittany soon, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, first though, Sally arrives. It's in the evening, by the way. An Ooh, evening yeah. arrival. An evening arrival. By the rare. way, which tells us that they needed something to happen. I f- honestly feel like they were scrambling. It feels like the powers that be are scrambling because nothing is happening. They Happened. made Ashley and Jared take the brunt of their lack of footage. Yes. So Jesse asks Sally, how does it feel to be here? And she says, it feels good. And Andy, you scoffed. Jesse says she was supposed to be there day one. What happened? She says she had to, quote, take care of some things with work. And Jesse says, okay, and nods. Jesse asks, how many flights did she not get on to be there? And she says, three. Wow. She did not board three flights to be there. And Andy, you were concerned by this because you said she sounds like a nightmare. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, I feel like she's probably a producer's nightmare, but they really got their revenge. You could tell the producers were annoyed with her yeah. and that is reflected in the rest of this episode or at least in the next half hour of this yeah episode. that's a good point yeah. i didn't think of it that way but you're right you do not want to piss off producers no. they will get their revenge and on how you. easy was it for them to get their revenge on her it's not like she was a lead like they no. had to respect the lead they were just like oh you're you're mincemeat oh yeah they were ready to throw her yeah. to the wolves and i don't blame them I don't blame them. I feel bad for Sally, but mm-hmm. I don't blame production. I would have been pissed too. Mm. Think about the logistics of that. One of the best examples of not of how you shouldn't piss off producers because it'll be reflected in your edit is my own bachelor, Juan Pablo. Yeah. I genuinely believe that his edit was at was right. like eighty percent because Oh he yeah, notoriously off difficult. With yeah, production. he was really yeah. difficult and they didn't like that. And they will definitely get their revenge. And so that's how it felt, honestly. Anyway. You said she sounded like a nightmare. I said she looks a lot like Emily Maynard, who you don't know, but she does. Trust me. And now Sally arrives and Justin and Sally are at the bar. She asks how he's been and he says stressed. And she's like, stressed in paradise? Yeah, how's that possible? She she has so much to learn, young grasshopper. (laughs) The guys chat now and ask if Justin is interested. And he says he is. I mean, Sally's beautiful. Yeah. She's got that classic... I actually think had Sally played her cards differently, she could have become a bachelorette one day. She has that all-American blonde oh, yeah. look. I mean, the the person I'm comparing her to, Emily Maynard, look, it was a bachelorette. Yeah, she's super bachelorette. Yeah, and I, I feel like she, I don't know, maybe should have really snipped things off with her ex before embarking on this world, I guess. Yeah. Wait, what was the reason she left Clayton season? Oh, it was because she had recently gotten, she'd recently ended her engagement, right? Yeah, and she wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah, she should have waited another I'm, year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm confused by her. She seems like she really hungers for the camera, but at the same time shuns it. 
it kind of feels like she's trying to use the show as some sort of revenge. Like there's a lot of revenge happening. It feels like production's getting revenge on her for being difficult. And meanwhile, she's trying to use the show's revenge on her ex or something. Yeah. I think I I don't think we're ever going to get the truth from Sally. No. But I do think there's some very like meta strategy going on. With yes. Her. Which we will get to shortly, actually. But when you say you don't think we'll get truth from Sally, Sally is pretty good at fudging the truth on the spot. Yeah. But I don't actually have an issue with that in this no, context. No, I mean, we'll everyone fudges the truth on the spot. That's a, the, the best fudger of the truth is the one who wins Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> it should be called fudging the truth in paradise <laughs> or in Mexico, either one. And now Sally, Genevieve, and Shanae chat. They ask why she missed three flights in getting there, and she says because of work. And Genevieve in her ITM is like, I know she's lying because of Wells' story. And now we get a flashback of the Sally saga, the Sally suitcase saga. Believe it or not, mm. this is the thing. It starts getting very meta. Yeah. These flashbacks. A flashback of, of a flashback. Shanae asks Sally if she has any interest in any of the guys there. And Sally says she doesn't know. She's at the point in her life where she doesn't want to date unless she sees the end with them. Some subtly villainous music playing here. So we're sort of being told that Sally is like playing both sides, I guess. Yeah. Like she's not done with her ex-fiance or whatever oh, clearly because she didn't come in being like i want to date so and so yeah she just wants to see what happens i mean Bastard. she literally just arrived it's ridiculous she Look, just this arrived plays into the revenge theory yes she's being set up right away yeah there's no chance oh yeah Wh- yeah firing squad <laughs> justin approaches and pulls sally to chat meanwhile genevieve and shanae discuss what a liar sally is andy you have a theory here that sally's ex is in on it yeah I do. You want to explain this? Yeah, I think that he was like, look, you can go on this stupid show, but like we have to have an understanding. You're just going on for, you know, Instagram followers or whatever you get from this and you're not going to do anything. And she's like, a hundred percent. I promise. I swear. Don't worry about it. We're fine. And he's like, all right, fine. Do it. Maybe he maybe they're still together and he gets off on on the idea. Well, if they are, then my theory is right. There's no question. They, I just really don't picture Sally and whoever she's with being like that. I think it's more likely that this is That's an too on high and level. off. Yeah, yeah, this is it's too. Yeah. <laughs> they're not evolved enough for him to be a cuckold. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, not even a cuckold, like a theoretical cuckold. It's not even. <laughs> it does feel like they have that kind of relationship that we all know, or, or even the tail end of a relationship that we all know, where it's like yeah. on again and off again. They're probably talking more than they should. Hmm. They're not cutting the cord. Yeah. Yeah. It might be simpler. It might just be that she finally broke it off and she went on the show. Okay. So we'll keep going. Genevieve and Shanae take it upon themselves to get to the bottom of this. So at the bar, Genevieve says that they have questions for her. And Sally's like, for me? (laughs) A little old me. (laughs) And Genevieve asks if she was talking with her ex before this. And Sally's expression immediately darkens. Yeah. And she says, well, I, I work with him. And she says that she felt she owed him a conversation out of respect for him before coming out there. And she promptly walks away now. And Shanae's like, Shanae and Genevieve talk about why she's there speculating. She's there for the wrong reasons. And Shanae and her ITM says like, is he even her ex? Sally now circles back and says, Oh, get the cameras ready. There's an interesting just little exchange here. Cause she says, get the cameras ready. And Genevieve's like, yeah, the cameras, they're going to be around wherever. And then Sally's like, yeah, I can see that. It's an interesting moment where you almost feel this like power dynamic where Genevieve's like, I've been through more of this than you. 
Don't you talk about the cameras. I know better than you. Yeah, that's true. Sally says if people can't understand why she had respect for the person she was with before this, then she's out. Genevieve says she had to ask because there are so many people there for good reasons. (laughs) (laughs) So many. So many people. Sally says there are also a lot of people here for the wrong reasons. They just don't say it. Thank you. No, that's a slow one. Oh, really? Yeah, it's slow. Does it accelerate? Yeah, it always accelerates. Slow claps always accelerate? I think so. Let me think. Let me just see what it's like to have a slow clap that never accelerates. No, that's cynical. That's yeah, cynical. it's sarcastic. Yeah, you're saying like that's bullshit. Isn't that funny that without an acceleration, it's the polar opposite meaning? Yeah, the slow claps like yeah. Yeah, this, it has to accelerate. Yeah, yeah. If it never accelerates, you're just dissing them. Yes. So we really agreed with what Sally said here. Yeah. It's so true. Genevieve and the rest of them are all there just to find love. Give me a break. Give me a break. She says she's heard plenty about the people on that beach that she would yeah. never air. And even if they did have dirt, she doesn't care about their dirt. She's not there to throw anyone else under the bus. She says this is exactly why she didn't get on three flights and walks away. <laughs> I'm so torn like part of me is like yeah go Sally go because I think she's totally right but I also suspect that there is some truth to maybe her not really being out of things with her ex I don't know but who cares yeah that's the thing is I don't care about that at all I think that she just pissed off the wrong people by being really difficult and I wouldn't be surprised if production told Genevieve like you guys you should you should confront her about this I think you're right I think that Sally's perception of the situation is that the other women were in cahoots with the powers that be. Mm-hmm. Because in this conversation with Justin next, well, first, sorry, first Romeo descends on Sally. Oh. And Andy, you said the vultures are circling. Yes. <laughs> but now Justin finds Sally and chats with her. And Genevieve, meanwhile, of course, being the skeptic that she is, thinks that Justin's only trying to convince Sally to stay so he can get a rose. Genevieve, I find a little bit exhausting. She's just, she never gives anyone the benefit of the doubt. Like it felt like last week she was all upset about Sally coming because Justin would run away with her. But now if Justin's going to Sally, it's only because he wants a rose. It's not because he genuinely cares about her. Yeah. It's like, it's always the worst case scenario cast on anyone, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Sally reveals to Justin now that they, they, we think the powers that be, knew that she didn't want her ex mentioned on the show and they didn't listen to her one request. A lot of fourth wall breakage here. Yeah. And Justin seems to be on her side. He says, literally the second you walked in the door. The the use of they, I I get the impression that Sally, you know, obviously she doesn't know about the saga of Sally's suitcase and the fact that Wells told the story, but it's clear that she sees Genevieve and Shanae as arms of the producers in in immediately bringing up her ex okay so meanwhile genevieve shanae and james are all talking shit about sally james says you're on a dating show your dating history is going to come out whether you like it or not he complains about her acting like she's got it all figured out he says quote you've been here for 15 minutes you were part of the bachelor for 20 minutes let's slow down it's really getting on his high horse there (laughs) It's so funny how they're they're like the elders of paradise. They're like, we've been around the block. We know a thing or two. I mean, especially James. James knows a thing or two. He does know a thing or two. He's been watching and narrating the show for like (laughs) two years. I find it a little condescending 
It's like because Sally didn't really live through her her bachelor experience. What the hell does she know? It kind of reminds me of when people like talk down to like night one people for getting eliminated night one. But also, what's he dissing her for? For being a normal human? Like you don't understand how to do this. This is a show. You're supposed to be acting. Like you don't get it. Oh, you're making a good point. Yeah. Like if anything, a newbie is the one who gets it more than anyone. Like just (laughs) act like yourself. Act like you're a normal person. I will give this to Sally. She did act like. She acted like a normal person. Like that was a normal. Everything she did was a normal person reaction to what was happening. Right down to the fact that she left. Yeah. She was like, I don't want to put up with this. I don't trust the power. I don't trust you guys. The one thing I requested, you didn't honor. If I'm going to be attacked, like I'm out. Yeah. And you, even later on, you hear, I think, Genevieve saying like, I've thought about leaving before. It's like, but why are you staying? Yeah, but I have Instagram followers <laughs> to think about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I actually find it endearing when a contestant's like, I want out and they just leave like Teddy last I, week. I, I got to be honest, not endearing, noble. Mm. Like Sally just left like a hundred thousand Instagram followers on the table. She's she like, did. I don't care. I'm it's, done. She actually literally did, especially cause she's blonde. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right away. <laughs> Which means 000. her rate will be more accelerated than yeah, others. <laughs> true. It's true. James calls Sally a loose cannon. Hmm. Meanwhile, we hear Sally asking to be demiked and she officially leaves. She was not bluffing. No. Unlike Genevieve, who always threatens to leave in two minutes. Sally actually leaves. I think what I liked so much about Sally's very brief appearance on this episode is the fact that she was breaking forth walls everywhere she turned. Yeah. I my one request with them with they they knew my one request and then she talks about a lot of people being there for the wrong reasons and she also talks about the camera she's like oh look the camera's circling like I love this stuff and and I just appreciated that not only did she bring it about but that they showed it I think they showed it to make her look bad but it made me like her more it was refreshing to see it was real yes okay so now it's the next day we now see Polly dragging Sally's suitcase into a car it drives off with a seatbelt on it everyone thinks the suitcase is way funnier than it is this this hard shell suitcase andy oh terrible okay andrew justin and rodney now talk about how low the morale is they need more women cue pizza peter finally arrives yay pizza peter it doesn't roll off the tongue it should be pizza pete well, you're saying that because we have a pizza place near us called Pizza Pete's. Yeah, but they don't have a trademark on Pizza Pete. He could have called himself Pizza Pete. Pizza Peter. I don't it's know if terrible. he calls himself Pizza Peter. I just called him Pizza Peter. Oh, so you think he, he may call himself Pizza well, Pete? Well, his occupation on the show was Pizzapreneur. Hmm. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Okay, Casey says he couldn't be more excited to not be excited about Peter being there. He says with all the women dwindling and the men amassing, Peter's timing could not be worse. Peter pulls Victoria first. Meanwhile, Casey says that Peter will surely be mentioning his pizza restaurant immediately. Mm -hmm. And we see that play out with Victoria quickly here. Peter and Shanae now talk about gold and diamonds. (laughs) And in her ITM, Shanae calls him arrogant. She says, no, thanks. And now Peter and Brittany talk. Finally, Brittany is getting some airtime under interesting circumstances. She shows a lot of interest in his pizza business. She asks questions, and he seems to love this. And in her ITM, Brittany says that she's interested. And Andy, you immediately said, something's wrong with her. (laughs) She's had how long in real time? A week now? Yeah. A week on this beach with all these guys. I'm not saying they're all, you know, A-plus guys, but there's some decent guys there. And this is when she gets excited. (laughs) 
I, I am ashamed. I think you might be underestimating the appeal of fresh meat around there. Mm. No? Especially since I think we are starting to gather from the Paradise Experience that everyone sort of starts forming their like cliques of friends and the guys don't really put in the effort after a while. Even when they don't have roses, I, mean, I get it. And then you get this like fresh-faced guy who like who asks you on a date. I can see how you'd be like, "Ooh, finally, this is my time." All right, fine. It's I mean, more, I agree. To me, with it's more you. like rancid meat, but <laughs> whatever. I mean, I agree with you. It's hard to imagine a world in which Peter would be an appealing candidate. Yeah. Anyway, he asks her on the date, and she says yes. Yeah. And Casey and his ITM says that he would be shocked if this goes well. Jared and Wells now talk. They talk about how you lose your individuality when you have kids. He doesn't feel sexy anymore. And Wells says that he has the dad bod. And now we see a random shot of Tanner from Jade and Tanner. What was that? Janner. He looked fine. Anyway, we learn that they still haven't boomed in the boom, boom room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been boom, boom, but not boom, boom. <laughs> So anticipating Brittany's arrival now, Peter and his ITM says, I can't wait to share myself with her. Tell her stories about me, my story, my life story, (laughs) (laughs) and how I've come to where I'm at today. Brittany and her ITM says that she's so excited, and Andy, you were beside yourself throughout all this. Peter and Brittany now go on their date. They go on a yacht and drink champagne. Andy, you were observing how Peter has to drink out of a champagne glass the same way you do. It's the only endearing thing about Peter. (laughs) That he actually can't drink out of the champagne glass like a normal person. We have big noses. Uh People with big noses have to, it's like, you have to either go really high up or you have to just basically stuff your nose and your mouth into the (laughs) champagne glass. We've discussed this. Back at the beach, Casey says, well, Peter may have some luck in paradise, though he's doubtful. Mm. He really doesn't like Peter, quote, like fundamentally. I think he's a douchebag. (laughs) That's the right way to not like Peter is fundamentally. (laughs) He says he annoys the shit out of him and he calls him a little bitch, a one note character who only Mm. talks about himself. I wrote Casey's disdain for Peter is pretty amusing. It would be different again if we saw this other facet of Peter that proved Casey wrong. But Everything Casey complains about Peter He shows. delivers. Yeah. yeah, he really does deliver. I, I've, I kind of enjoyed how Casey was just, he just let her rip with Peter. Yeah, which is what he should have done. Someone needed to do that. That's the thing is I think everyone was being a little too polite. And no. finally you have Casey being like, this guy only talks about himself. He only talks about his business. He sucks. Yeah. Tell it like it is when someone sucks that bad. Yes. There's no non-sucking about Peter. <laughs> so back on the date, Peter says... This is in the water. This is golden. He says, so what's the first thing you noticed about me? He's taken a page out of Aaron's book from last year. He upped it, though. He raised Aaron. Like crazy, actually. Brittany says his aquamarine eyes. He's like, oh, I won best eyes in high school. What (laughs) kind of prize is they giving out in his high school? (laughs) Like best eyes, best elbows. (laughs) And then he says, so what else? Just my eyes? Unbelievable. And she says, and your smile, what do you want me to say? It's so painful. It's so painful. Is there any chance that he's playing a character? No. That's him. I'm trying to give him the benefit, just a shred of benefit of the doubt. mm, But that's him. mm, Unbelievable. I feel that way about some other people, you know, when they kind of suck on screen. I'm like, well, maybe this is what was going on behind the scenes. I I really feel like Peter is this person. Yeah, I believe so. 
And I mean, that's why he's there. Let's be honest. Brittany in her ITM says that she's never been on a date where the person was more interested in themselves. And she says he just kept bragging a lot. And she was very turned off. And now they're sitting on the yacht. Peter tells her she's cute. Mm. She looks like a bright mermaid. What does that mean? (laughs) What the hell does that mean? (laughs) He takes her hand and tries to go in for a kiss with, quote, I have something for you. (laughs) Lucky her. Honestly, when he said this, I was like, oh, God, make it stop. Like you could hear all the vaginas drying up in America. <laughs> she swerves. We've yeah, learned that Brittany, God. Brittany excels at the kiss swerve. Yeah, that's two in a row. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a record, oh, right? She, that's a record. She goes in the same direction, too. She does this. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a direction. <laughs> she says she's slow with that stuff. She hasn't kissed anybody yet. And Brittany in her ITM says that she's not a touchy-feely person unless she's really into someone. Peter didn't read the room and she cannot wait to get back. Okay, so back on the beach, Jacob is working out. He is into Jill. He's trying to impress Jill. And Serene runs out having found a date card and it has Jacob's name on it. The highlight of this whole episode now is shown. And it's to illustrate how Jill and Jacob have bonded. And it's a brief clip of them sitting on a daybed, discovering that their birthdays are one day apart. Oh, yeah. That was cute. This was so cute. Yeah. They're so kooky. Yeah. I love them together. Me too. They found their people. Yeah. So Jacob asks Jill on the date and they scream and run off together. And it's just like, it's refreshing. It's just finally some lightness, I guess. Casey says, if I know Peter, he just made Brittany deeply uncomfortable throughout the date. <laughs> I mean, Casey's really going Truer off in my words books have here. never been said. <laughs> Brittany and Peter now return and everyone is grilling Brittany about how it was. And she says she wants to wait until Peter's not like in the vicinity it's before she tells sign. them. Yeah, but she has only good things to say. I I love how Andrew's like, oh, so it's like that. (laughs) Brittany with the ladies now says it was a gorgeous environment, but Peter didn't read the room and she recaps the conversation. Meanwhile, Peter, his Mm. version of the story, he's talking to the guys, namely Romeo and Casey, talking about how the conversation was flowing, but he was putting in all the work. And it got me thinking, people like him, do they see it that way? You know, people who only talk about themselves and don't ask any questions. Are you asking if Peter is (laughs) self-aware? That's what you're asking me, right? Okay. No, but we all know people like this who only talk about themselves. They show no curiosity in anyone else. And his perception of this conversation was so shocking to me because I was like, wait, does he think... That he was just like hold like keeping the conversation yeah. going because I know how it feels to keep a conversation going like when there's that lull and but usually that involves me asking questions. It's not just no. me volunteering information about myself and my life story and my story and more stories about me. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess I oh, wonder. He believes it. He thinks he killed it. Always. Peter always thinks he killed it. What's it like? That's to have- how he got to where he is. He shouldn't even have a pizza place. <laughs> I'm sure there's half the guys in Long Island make better pizza than Peter, but he believes in everything he does. Mm. I envy that. I also am disgusted by it, but I also envy it. He thought he killed it. Yeah. He thought he was flowing. He thought he was like just a a Romeo. (laughs) Sorry. Not, not, maybe a Romeo, not Romeo. (laughs) Casanova. Let me use another name. Sorry. (laughs) Leave Romeo out of this one. Anyway, it just got me thinking. Like, you know, when like two, you see two people who you are not your people, which is, I'll put it delicately. They're not your people. And you see them really got along. Yeah. 
I'm like, do they think that like, do, am I not their people? Do they feel about me the way I feel about them? In this case, it really got me thinking, does Peter really think that he was just trying to keep conversation going by talking about himself endlessly and showing no curiosity about her? Peter is so unaware, unself-aware, yeah. self-unaware, whatever, you get what I'm saying. Unself-aware. Unself-aware yeah. that he doesn't even realize that Casey and Romeo are clowning on him when oh, they're recapping his date. And it's delicious. Oh, yeah. Okay. You could say anything you want to Peter, as long as you kind of... Not stroke his ego, but at least you let his ego him. breathe. Yeah, you humor He'll him. He'll keep going. It's so true. Okay, so Brittany in her ITM now says that Peter is the exact opposite of what she wants in a person. <laughs> there, should, <laughs> there should be dating profiles where, like, just, if, are you the opposite of Peter on Bachelor in Paradise? <laughs> then you're good. Peter, meanwhile, tells Casey and Romeo that he thinks Brittany is there for the wrong reasons. She has an ulterior motive. She's a clout chaser. He says, quote, do I not have enough Instagram followers for you? And Casey, I mean, Casey, really, I just loved Casey this episode. He says, so you are convinced that that's the thing. (laughs) And Peter's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's totally clowning on him. Doesn't realize it. It's amazing. Peter in his ITM says he did everything, quote, on point. I was witty. I was smart. I was funny. I was charming. I was humble. (laughs) Most importantly. He says if he were back home and he brought a girl on a yacht all day, you know, insinuating that he would have gotten some action, I assume. And Andy, you were quick to point out that it's not Peter's yacht. Yeah. If someone like just God, this this guy (laughs) fucking sucks so bad. I was like stumbling over my words. There's yeah. too much to talk about yeah, how much he sucks. Let's just wrong. leave it at, generally speaking, we have nuanced takes on people. Even the worst people, I feel like there's some light. Yeah. I'm going to say it right now. There's no light for Peter. He sucks. Well, he, he sucks. He's one Stop of, trying. <laughs> no, but what I'm focusing on here is how he acts like he gave her this date. You know he what I mean? Gave like, it he to bestowed her. upon her the gift he of a ride nothing. on a yacht. He did nothing. Yeah. He showed up. <laughs> they dumped him on a yacht. <laughs> he talked about himself for three yeah. hours mm-hmm. and then expects her to be all over him. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah. He sucks. He sucks. But can we also talk about too? Sorry, I, I keep trying to pick up pick this apart in a nuanced way, even though I know there's very little nuance. There's no here. room for me. But even if this were Peter's yacht. Yeah, he still doesn't deserve it. Right? Yeah. Let's say this were his yacht. He invited a girl on his yacht all day, and this is how he behaved. Let's say he had planned it. He had planned the date. He had bought the champagne. It was his yacht that was tethered to the dock or whatever. He drove the yacht. So in other words, he did way more to make this a romantic situation than he actually did. And he still behaved the same way. He still doesn't deserve it. Doesn't kiss. deserve it. You know what I feel bad for is the women who fall for that or not fall for it, but just get sucked in by it. Like imagine dating who, who Peter. Who could get sucked in by this? Like he has people, no... People, you think Peter's not dated anyone? I bet you he's dated a bunch of people. Imagine <laughs> having to deal with that every day, every week, well, if, every month. Oh, girls that have dated him? Yeah, imagine having to deal with that Yeah, but the person. chances are they're not... Like I, That's what I wonder is like his girlfriends who he has had, what were they like? The question is, is... is the question is... Are we thinking about this too much? No, I think we're thinking about the right amount. There is... <laughs> is there a person that Peter is their thing? Like, they're like, I've been looking for that. I wonder. I bet the women who've dated him are sucked in by his, you know, award-winning 
pizza? Eyes. His eyes. <laughs> no, he won the award for eyes. I don't think he's ever won an award for pizza. My guess is his eyes are better than his pizza. But, you know, they're like, oh, beautiful eyes. They like his looks. You know, he's physically attractive. Is he? And they allow the rest to slide. <sighs> and they just get sucked in. And then eventually, even the people who are the most into his physical package eventually want to kill themselves. <laughs> and that's the, the arc of his relationships. <laughs> I really genuinely hope that he gets a little self-awareness out of this whole experience. You know what? And I still reserve the tiniest because I always have to try. I have to try to see the good in these people. Mm-hmm. I reserve the tiniest kernel of hope that this is all an act. I hope it is. Yeah. And if it's not, you you better do some work on yourself, Peter. I guess what I find alarming is how he was called out on his season for only talking about his pizza business and only talking about himself and just promoting himself. And he ended up getting all these bad Yelp reviews. I don't know if you remember this for his pizza restaurant. So I guess what's what I find alarming is that he hasn't. He hasn't pulled an Aaron and James. He hasn't pulled a police department where he's like, oh, I see how you all see me. I'm going to play this differently. I'm going to rebrand myself. Like this is his opportunity to rebrand himself. All he's doing is doubling down. See, that's the thing. I refuse to believe anyone is that self unaware. (laughs) I'm giving him a shred of, I'm just giving him a little something. I hope I'm right. Mm -hmm. I kind of hope I'm wrong because his terribleness is kind of delicious. It is delicious. It's like a really stinky cheese, as you like to call it. Yeah. Well, Peter thinks that it was all an act on Brittany's part. Meanwhile, we learn Andrew S. missed Brittany while she was gone. He missed her, quote, big old eyes that day. And now Andrew and Brittany talk. It turns out that they had the hots for each other. This came out of nowhere. What? Brittany says that she enjoys talking to him and his energy. He says he didn't know she was interested. And he says he's really attracted. And that's her cue. She goes in for a kiss. And Brittany in her ITM says that she feels safe with Andrew. And Andy, you said, wow, Brittany's really confusing the shit out of me. Well, I, I don't understand. Like, did what was they clearly they cut a lot of stuff of Brittany. Yeah. In these early episodes. Was it just super boring? <laughs> what was the deal? Like, what happened with Brittany? She yeah. made connections, apparently some minor connections with Andrew. She made some minor connections with Casey. Casey. Yes. What was happening with her? Yeah. What's going on? Maybe Brittany is kind of, I mean, she does have a cold-ish demeanor. I think she's probably, it takes her a while to open up. And maybe that just doesn't translate. Maybe you're right. Maybe they just look at it. It's like, this is, they have to like, look, let's face it. It's Bachelor in Paradise. They don't want middle of the road. Mm-hmm. It, has to, it has to be extreme. All or nothing. And that's why Andrew and Teddy, because they were coupled up, that's right. all we saw with Andrew. It turns out that there was chemistry with Brittany along the way, but because it wasn't full throttle, it wasn't shown. Interesting. Mm. storytelling always come back to the bad storytelling okay jacob and jill now their names sound great together jill in her itm says that she's super excited she says they'll have fun no matter what the activity is they attend a full moon ceremony and look at crystals and do a tantric breathing meditation jacob in his itm says he does a lot of breathing every single day it oxidates the blood and lowers inflation. Oh, inflation, yeah. The Fed should stop raising interest rates. They should just breathe more. <laughs> he says when you go underwater and can't breathe, it makes you realize how valuable air really is. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. You know, it's funny how before we were like, oh, Jacob, we don't know what's going on with Jacob. But after Peter, Jacob's so enjoyable. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> he's made Jacob seem like a completely full 
delightful human yes. being. Yes. Jacob and Jill now howl at the moon. They rub oil on each other and they say, nature. Like the, the shaman asks them if they're okay with being naked for the next ritual. They're like, yeah, we're cool with that. Mm. And they stand back to back in their birthday suits and have to say what they like most about each other. I thought this was going to be personality traits, but it turns out it's physical yeah, traits. So Jacob says he loves her buttocks. Mm. She says his oh. arms. Wow. That's a deep, that's it. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Mendelssohn. Yeah. Isn't No one knows that except you. I mean, I know it now because of you. You taught me that. I thought that was just like written by the world. Like did, that was like, like they didn't, that no one wrote that. That was just like a movie wrote that. Did we play that when we walked back? No. I think we did the, we did Four Seasons. You mean when we like, when they were After throwing the, rice yeah, on us yeah, and yeah. stuff? Oh, I don't know. It seemed, I feel like maybe we did play that. We maybe, yeah. Everyone does. You have to. Otherwise you're not really married. Okay, so now Jacob and Jill take baths side by side and make out, and we agree that they're cute in their yeah. own way. They fa- they, this works. It does. I stand. <laughs> it's my new word. <laughs> I'm, I'm using it not ironically now. Next, you're going to be saying slaps. No, never. Brandon and Serene now. Brandon in his ITM shares that Serene didn't have friends show up to her birthdays as a kid, and she doesn't love birthdays for that reason. Hmm. So Brandon references that while the group walks up behind her, because it's it's Serene's birthday, by the way. Oh, yeah. A lot of birthdays. And <laughs> as they walk up behind Andrew, you're like, it looks like they're about to murder her. <laughs> <laughs> It did feel very oh, yeah. like uh yeah, ominous. Like get out kind of <laughs> vibe there. <laughs> they all sing her happy birthday and give her yet another cake. The yeah. same cake we've seen. Yeah, they just went to the cake store before the season started. They're yeah. like, we need like ten cakes. Yeah. We don't we use cakes a lot on the yeah. show. Just give us ten cakes. And the focus now turns to Shanae's love triangle with James and Logan. Mm-hmm. She chats with James. And in her ITM, she says he's confident, assertive. He's all in on her. Meanwhile, she says, Logan hasn't told me he's all in on me. Meanwhile, we see Logan preparing his grand gesture. It's cute. It was cute. It was Lo- very cute. He has her join him in the pool and he puts on some goggles and reveals that he used to be a snorkel tour guide, which is cute. Yeah. And he heard there was treasure around there. I did think this would have been cuter had she found the treasure. It's like you hiding your own Easter eggs. He finds the champagne bottle that he hid and inside it, he has his lucky beads, his bracelet. He, I think, loans her the beads and says that he hopes it brings her luck. She seems to deeply appreciate his effort here and tells him so. And they make out. And she says, did you think of this all on your own? It's a reasonable question. It is a reasonable question. I thought this was really cute. Yeah. I I always love any fourth wall breakage. We know that a lot of these things are planned for them. Like, do we think that... Sierra single-handedly bought Michael stars. <laughs> yeah, she's like on the phone in a room she with printed a star out. buying company. Shanae in her ITM says that she's not good at juggling two guys and she breaks down. She says, quote, I don't want to send one home and I get screwed in the end. <laughs> I thought this takeaway was hilarious. It wasn't like, thinking. yeah, it's just funny how she just said it instead yeah. of being like, oh, I hope that I don't break someone's heart. She's like, I don't want to get screwed. Yeah, yeah. I want to pick right. I'm in this for Shanae. I mean, come on. Jared and Ashley now, as Ashley eats pizza, he says that they have to have sex tonight. Yes. And they walk on the beach and make out and head to bed. And the joke is that it takes seven minutes and 57 seconds for them to have sex. So that was the 
conclusion of their arc. Okay. <laughs> da, 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 da. Jacob and Jill return from the date. They make out again before crossing the threshold back to paradise and they're glowing. We hear about how happy Jill is from Brittany. Yeah. Who seems really happy for her. And I just thought this was another reminder of how close Brittany and Jill are. Brittany is invested in Jill's happiness to the point where she's narrating how happy Jill seems, which further makes Romeo's move on Brittany last week a terrible one. The music is all suspenseful now as Kira returns. She was eliminated last week, but she returns to the beach. She marches right up to Jacob and asks to speak with him. I wrote, "Ugh, this is painful. Kira in her ITM says that she's back to get Jacob back. And now we get a sepia tone recap of the beef between Jill and Kira. See, the problem with this is, is that no one, and I mean no one, except real people who are just completely clueless. No one thought that Jacob was going to go for Kira here. Yeah. This was just a way of humiliating Kira on TV. And no one, nobody, no one thought this was going to happen. So what was the point of this? Well, do you think that Kira thought it was a possibility? I'm, I, yes, I think Kira thought it was. Yeah. Kira is the only person in America who thought that was going to happen. Well, and the I mean, Which, she's such a producer pet this season. I think she's probably just having a good time and producers recognize that. And they're like, oh, she's willing to do this. Amazing. But I agree. This was not a cliffhanger. I can't figure Kira out. I know. Can't figure it out. She acknowledged uh, on some, some stories, some Instagram stories, that she's just having fun. That's fine. Pretty much. Okay. But <laughs> is that fun? Is that fun going back and being humiliated? I don't know. I, here's the thing. I guess humiliation is is a subjective thing. If she didn't, maybe she just wanted to get a few more minutes on TV. I think Kira loves TV. She loves being on TV. And I'm not faulting her for that. She's one step closer to her transition to influencer. <laughs> It's like the transition of uh, the guy in uh, Silence of the Lambs uh, to like a, a butterfly. Wait, what? I've never seen Silence of the Lambs. Oh, oh, that's right. You can't watch that movie. <laughs> anyway, the serial killer is obsessed with these caterpillars that turn into moths. Okay. And so he himself wants to become a moth from a caterpillar form. It's very bizarre. Okay. I mean, he's a serial killer. He's not thinking the right way. Okay. Anyway, there you have it. Wait, what does that have to do with him killing people? It doesn't have to do with him killing people. It has to do with Kira becoming (laughs) an influencer from being a doctor. And I'm not sure, (laughs) I'm not sure it works. Well, we'll let the Shandies make sense of that one. My point is there's a negative connotation here. (laughs) Kira tells Jacob that she can't stop thinking about him. He says, what are you trying to say? And she says she still has feelings for him. Meanwhile, we see Jill saying, it's done. Okay, bye. See ya. While Romeo narrates the fact that this conversation is going on longer than expected. And he can tell Jill is starting to get a little worried. And so they just keep talking over on that day bed. And Kira says, Jacob feels like home. And she kind of sort of starts to cry here. And the conversation keeps going and they see him hold Kira's hand to Mm. comfort her, I suppose. And Jill's like, okay, I'm done. I'm heading to bed. Sure. And now Brittany does something that you adamantly disagreed with, Andy. Brittany confronts Jacob while he's still talking to Kira. She marches right up to Jacob and says, seriously, what's going on? You just pissed off Jill and she's run upstairs. Andy, you said stay out of it. Stay what are your thoughts on Let this? nature take its course. Mm. Let him do the right thing on his own. Mm. Because once you intervene, now you've 
basically told Jill that, oh, I had to do this to get yeah. Jacob to do that. Maybe Jacob, in due course, which he was going to yes. do. He was, honestly, I, I got to give he it to Jacob. Yeah. He was being a gentleman here. Yeah. He understood that Kira was in a very vulnerable position. He had Whether or not his, it was real. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He had a history with her. He was being a gentleman. This was actually Jacob's, to me, one of his better moments. Mm. And Brittany ruined it. She basically made it, like Jill forgave him in the end. We'll get to that. But yeah. In the end, it's possible that Jill would have been like, oh, you needed Brittany to tell you to come up here. <laughs> she she did not need to get involved. I mean, some might argue that Brittany was being a good friend. No, but that's not a good friend. That's not a good friend. It's the same kind of thing as a friend who cock blocks. Mm. That's not a good friend. Just because you think that your friend doesn't belong with any guy. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're a good friend. That means you're an overbearing friend. <laughs> Let your friend make her own mistakes. Yeah, this really, it was, you had a big reaction Stay to Brittany doing this. Brittany's really, the stock has gone down for me. Yeah. You said, Andy, it's an inverted cock block. She intervened a natural progression. Yeah. So Jacob now tells Kira that they have great chemistry. He adores the fact that she puts herself out there, but their connection was too forced for him. It was never going to work out. He says Jill has pulled some great traits out of him. He says, thanks, but no thanks, and he leaves. So now Jacob finds Jill, and then they make up quickly and howl more together. And and you're right, Andy. Like, I actually think it would have been the same outcome, but I think it would have been more powerful had he done this on his own yeah. without Brittany coming in. And I don't think it would have been any different. Oh, I agree. I think Jacob was always yeah. going to do this. He was never for one split second going to be wooed by Kira. Yeah. This was purely him being nice and trying to not come off like a jerk mm. whether it was manufactured or sincere he was doing i think the right thing yeah okay now as kira heads out romeo descends once again and you said he's like the cartoon character vulture <laughs> <laughs> is that the sound they make i don't know <laughs> vulture <laughs> why is no one eating this perfectly good corpse <laughs> you sound like you sound like the witch from Hansel and Gretel. Oh, I, you do a better vulture. You're making a good point. But okay, we've seen a vulture at the zoo once. We were at the Philly Zoo. Oh my God, eating a pig's head. It was eating a pig's head, an insane creature. Oh, I've never seen a, a vulture vulture's up close. A vulture is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, if there is an animal that's kind of a little evil, yeah. a vulture's there. Vultures and hyenas. Yeah. I think are as close to evil animals but maybe as you can vultures get. are just doing what nature what i know i know they don't have a choice i'm just saying <laughs> if the creator decided to make bad animals and good animals i think hyenas and vultures fall into the bad the category. creator yeah kira says she's glad she came back she's learned that when she's really forward a lot of people tend to take it the wrong way and romeo hugs her and starts crying now kira says romeo never did that to her he never judged her and they reflect now on how things might have gone had he given her his rose at the next rose ceremony instead of jill mm. they make out now and andy you said i have mixed feelings about this yeah. kira says she missed him he says he's happy she's there and then she says would you leave paradise with me <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. I played, I played with, with uh -huh. Got lost in the game. Ooh, baby, baby. I don't know any of the words. You don't know this? No, I know the song. I just don't know the words. Oops, you think I'm in love. That I'm sent from above. I'm Hit not me, baby, that one innocent. more time. <laughs> oh. Whoops. I was sure that was right. 
<laughs> it's a different it's song. It's very similar though. Hit Me Baby One More Time is like is the classic. Though. I know, but it's a similar. It's there the songs are pretty similar if you think about it. How good was that song? Hmm. I, I remember mean, the first time I heard that, I was like Everyone went nuts for Britney. Yeah. Everybody. Rightfully so. Guys, young guys, old guys, women, <laughs> young women, old women. <laughs> Why are you making this to cover weird? everything? I was just saying it was a good song. It was a good song. <laughs> Everybody liked it. Okay. Kira asks if Romeo would leave Paradise with her. And Andy, you said, would there still be TV if I leave with you? <laughs> he seems to think about this way too long. And we were so determined to figure out whether or not this was an edit that we rewatched this a few times. Because I was like, I think they're reusing Kira's smile. Because she's looking yeah. at him and she like smiles. And I was like, oh, I'm sure they're reusing that. Like two, three yeah. times. But then I rewatched him and I don't think they did. I think he really did wait a really long time. Yeah, it was like almost a full minute. Finally, he says, all right. <laughs> the most romantic response. I mean, he was put in a bad situation, which yeah, he, he did placed it himself. himself into. He did it to himself. Yeah, he had no choice then. What is he going to do now? Humiliate her again right there. He had no choice. Like he was going to go home that night anyway or whatever. The or next the night, next, I don't yeah. know, whenever the rose ceremony is. So he's just like, eh, all right. Okay, so while Kira and Romeo do their ITM together before leaving, and Kira says they did Paradise right, we get a fantastic zoom in on Romeo's face. It's priceless. Production came through, finally. Okay, so this moment. In this moment, I was like, wait, they actually do have a good sense of humor. Someone does. Someone in the editing room saw Romeo's face here and was like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Where has that person been? For the last four episodes. Yeah. Yeah, whoever did the zoom in on on Mario. (laughs) Mario. <laughs> On Romeo's face here. I was like, oh, please yes, do more thank editing. Thank you. Thank please. you for your work. Okay. So that brings us to the credits. It's more of the of the other team, the other people's yeah. sense of humor. Uh, Wells has an ITM with a puppet of Sally's suitcase on his hand. And Andy, you said, you know, it's a bad season when Wells is the comedian on the island. Yeah. <laughs> the no island. offense to Wells, sort of. But well, yeah, I don't think Wells is not funny. I just, I feel like they're relying on him too much. Yeah, you can't put that on him. This was very unfunny. You know, it's so much. It's so much effort. We talked about last week. I said that Sally's suitcase skit to me was so unfunny because all I could see was effort. It's amazing how the little zoom in on Romeo's face, it was observational humor. And then they have all this skit. They're like, ha, 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 hack, hack, hack yeah. with the suitcase. And I'm going to well, do a voice of the well, suitcase. Well, the problem is they get married to these bits. Yes. That should be like really fast. Yes. Just like you see it and it's gone and you don't think about it ever again. Yes. And then it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But instead they call back a whole sketch that They call was fine. back callbacks. Yeah, just leave it alone. Let it let it breathe. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Less is more. Yes. Okay, Andy, that brings us to the end of the episode. Based on the preview for the episodes to come, it looks like they're ripping off Temptation Island. Oh my God, such a hard rip. <laughs> yes. But in the now, Andy, who is your A-game winner for episodes four and five? I don't know if a lot of people are going to like this, and I don't feel that comfortable with it, but I'm giving it to Aaron. Ooh, the police chief. Yeah. Wow, that's shocking. What a shocking turn of I, events. It's, it's, I, I feel uncomfortable, but it's it's what I feel. I think that his conversation with Genevieve when she was apologizing was A+. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. He took it really well. And he was, he, like I said, he became the romantic lead in that moment. Yeah. Whether or not he actually likes Genevieve that much, it was strategically smart because yeah. it will ensure his rose. And he's, I mean, he's showing her plenty of affection. He's showing her all how all in on her he is. 
you know, uh, whether or not he actually is, I don't know, but it is good game. Yeah. It's yeah. going to get him that rose for sure. Yes. Give credit where credit is due. Yes. Okay. That brings us to our word watch, Andy. There was one vibing. Barely. Yeah. Just barely. Like in the first five minutes. I was shocked. Four hours. I thought we'd get at least 10. <laughs> so there were 81 correct guesses. Yeah. And we have our winner, Leslie Berkower. Congratulations. You are the winner of $185 in Feels CBD. So Leslie, please email us by this Friday at midnight to claim your prize. And Andy, do you have a word in mind for next week? Pizza. (laughs) That could really go either way. Yeah. I feel like that could be like a disaster. Like there could be 30 or it could suddenly not come up at all. That's the beauty of Workwatch. We don't know. You never know what's going to happen. All right. Well, we once again have our amazing prize to be won. Ooh. $185 in Feels Premium CBD. $185 in CBD is no joke. It's a lot of CBD. Yes. And it's our highest value prize. Thank you to Feels for sponsoring this. So if you would like a chance to win $185 in Feels CBD, you will guess either below this YouTube video or over on the Instagram post for this Recap, the number of times you predict the word pizza will be uttered in episodes six and seven. And you will do so using the numeral. You will not write out the word. And you must include either word watch or pizza in your comment just so that Andy's program can pick it yeah, up. I've got a very advanced algorithm. <laughs> you must do so by this Friday at midnight. And if you guess correctly, you will be entered in a pile and one name will be drawn. And that person will win the grand prize. Yes. Great. Okay. So, Andy... Finally, who would we go for? I mean, with a very heavy heart, I'm going to stick with Brittany. Okay. Why the heavy heart? Because I actually, you know, I understand that you were annoyed that Brittany intervened with the Logan, sorry, with the Jacob stuff. And I understand that you were turned off that she even went on the date with Peter in the first place. But her takeaway from the date with Peter was the correct takeaway. I agree. That's why I came back. When she said she was all into Peter and she was excited for their date, I was done. I was already, me and Victoria already like bought an apartment together. It was over. (laughs) But she had the right takeaway, Mm -hmm. which brought me back. To, to baseline. Okay. But then she did that thing with Jacob, which I was like, eh. And I still don't understand. Where was all the Britney stuff? Yeah. Britney Casey. Britney Andrew? Where was that? Yeah. Where's all the footage? What happened that was unairable of ba- Britney? Bad storytelling. Anyway. I'm There's stick- a lot of I'm gaps. Sticking with Britney. Okay. I'm not that excited about it anymore. You know how you meet someone and you're still like, oh my God, you tell your mother, everything's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. great. And then something <laughs> happens on the next date and you're like, uh, but you're like, oh, I'm sticking with it. But, uh. Uh, you, you see her a little differently. Yeah, you see an expiration date. Yeah. Whereas first it was like eternity. I think it might be simpler than you think. Maybe she was just excited that someone showed interest in her and her alone. And they arrived, they're like shiny and new and they ask her on a date. So even if she doesn't see a future with them, she's like, I haven't been asked on a date yet. Maybe yeah, it yeah. was just, Maybe. you know. That's, as again, I'm reserving. I, I have hope. She's got a few episodes left to win my heart. I'm sure she's very stressed about it. <laughs> So we'll see what happens. Okay. Okay. For me, I have a clear winner for who I would go for this week. Mm. And that is Casey. No doubt. Casey was 
I mean, he was a no lot question. of comic relief this week. We all know that I'm a sucker for that. Yeah. I loved his commentary about Peter and he was just exactly right on. And we have to remember too that in his commentary, he doesn't actually know what's playing out. So he, this is just what he remembers right. from having been on his season before and he had the exact right impression well, of, it. of it. He basically narrated what was going on on yeah. that date based on his memory of this guy alone. So he was really funny. I don't understand the romantic situation. I feel like Casey's sort of a free agent and I don't, I don't know. I'm confused. I feel I feel like someone messed up when they cast this season because there's just no chemistry. It doesn't yeah. feel like people are into each other. So you know, it's kind of painful to watch in that sense. But yeah, Casey was very funny this this week. I was very into him. I'm with it. Yeah. Well, Andy, we survived. The skin of our teeth. This is rough. Yeah, really rough. I want this to be good and it's not. It is not good. And from the looks of next week, it looks like it, who knows, maybe this Temptation Island spin will make things more interesting, but it seems really contrived. They just, they just don't understand that less is more. Yeah. Well, if you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram and TikTok, leave us Apple and Spotify podcast ratings and reviews, and generally do all of the things that you would do to support a podcast that you enjoy and that muscles through... So many hours of shitty TV, but we're still hopeful. We're hopeful, right? It's going to get better. I need hope. It's going to get better. I need hope. I promise you. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye. Dear Shandy. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com